Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Uptown girl, she's been living in a white bread world. Folks, Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, by the way welcomes you or welcomes you back for another episode where we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about a couple of topics and I'm actually going to be jumping in a time machine for part of it because we got an outreach from a longtime listener. I can tell it's got to be a longtime listener, either that or they just happen to search out the show, which just talks to our, our reach. But I think they're a longtime listener is my guess because they refer to a couple of things that gives me that pause. I don't have anything on the personal note other than this. This is really just kind of advice for people out there. I've learned where I'm at. You know, I uprooted, I got the hell out of Nevada and I don't regret that move, but coming to this place, it's such a different paradigm. And it was difficult for me to wrap my head around why I was sensing what I was sensing. It clicked to me today as the person that I work under at the Endeavor hit me with something and it came out of left field, unexpected. And it then it was like, boom, a light went off. I understood. I understood what it was I was sensing. I understood what it was I was feeling. What I'm feeling, everybody, not everybody, that's not fair. Within my endeavor, when I say everybody, the people that I interact with, by and large, it's a sense of, I don't even want to say arrogance. It's a sense of selfishness. It's this idea that the only thing that matters is you and your feelings, and you don't really give a damn about others, ironically. So here's what happened, real quick. Here's what happened. We're in a meeting. Now, the problem is this person struggles to, they, they struggle with the basics of keeping up with what they need to do, as in there's a certain etiquette that you follow in the workplace, and anybody who's my age or older understands what I'm about to say, and they're going to say, yeah, yeah. There's an etiquette for things like email. There's an etiquette for things like meetings. There's an etiquette for things like customer first mentality, service management. These are basic concepts you're taught, some in college, some in the workplace. One of those etiquette things is if you're going to create a meeting, there should be a clear subject and a clear agenda. And this will sound very dumbed down and I apologize, but I want to level set how bad this is. So this person created an agenda for this meeting. It's a meeting every two weeks with the same client and they wrote up the agenda. One of the bullets, the very first one on the agenda is to ask the client if they have anything that they need us to address or work on for them because we're trying to put the customer first. This has been on the agenda since we started the meeting, which is months now. For whatever reason, in a prior meeting, this person who wrote up that said agenda did not follow those steps and instead skipped past that bullet and started ranting off a bunch of stuff to the client. And I got in front and said before, and I literally said, before we go there, is there anything that we need to be aware of? So I was trying to circle it back to that first bullet on the list because that's what the agenda says. It's not me wanting to do it. It's we have an agenda for a fucking reason. Let's follow the agenda. That's just how I roll because that's what I am. No problem. We just had a meeting today as I record this. In the meeting, this person showed up a little bit tardy. I started the meet early. 
it's already been understood that I'm a, an accepted contact. The client likes me. They like working with me. They understand ultimately I'm the one that's running the show. Anyway, this person is a figurehead. No problem. But they're the ones who run the meeting. They show up late. We still have to keep on schedule. We still have to follow the agenda. So I give my initial updates and then I start with, is there anything that you need to do, etc. This person joins the meeting late and immediately starts rattling off things. It is at this point I realize they're derailing the meeting so they can get caught up and I'm trying to let them know you got an email about that and this person's getting frustrated. No, I didn't read my 600 emails. That's not my problem. That's a personal problem. I didn't say that, but that's the message. And I'm simply saying the update you requested is in your email box because I want them to know we already addressed it. It's already been fixed. The person asked the question again. I've already answered the question. I didn't say this, but in my mind, I've already answered it. It's in your email box. Why are you getting angry at me? It's not my fault that you did not read the email. I'm thinking it's a non-issue. The client doesn't see it as a big issue. It was a minor issue to begin with. It was not a production situation, just a side debt. I'm just making sure she's up to date. Okay, so then I get sidebarred after this. So like hours after this meeting, I get a call where they're ranting about, you know, being they're feeling disrespected and I'm cutting them off. And I had to read in the riot act to say, let's make sure you understand. If you think I'm making you feel like an idiot, understand how you come across when you join a meeting with our client and basically admit in the meeting that you didn't prepare for said meeting that you're meeting. Understand what happens when you don't follow the agenda that you wrote up. Understand how that come across. You're not putting the customer first. You were the one that said it's a customer first approach. I'm the one that's practicing it because I understand you got other stuff going on. And so I'm filling the gaps for you. But the bottom line listeners, you have to think as a worker, it's not about you. It's not about you feeling good. It's about your customer, whoever your customer is. That could be somebody walking into McDonald's. That could be somebody in your cubicles. It doesn't matter. Whoever your customer is, that's what matters. It's not about you. So when that's what bothers me in this place that I'm in, everything is about, I felt offended. I felt bothered. I felt disrespected when there was nothing said that should make you feel that way and you're focused in the wrong direction and you're not acknowledging that you're the one that screwed up to the point that I had to interject in the first place. So when I tell you that story, a lot of you are going to in your mind say, there's nothing he's describing that's abnormal outside the bubble. So when you hear me refer to the term of a bubble, that's what I'm talking about. There are people that work or play or trade and we're talking about this in crypto inside a bubble and they don't understand that they come across like marks and it's completely normal to them. These things of, I'm just going to get all set off and paranoid and upset and frustrated at simple, silly things. When the truth is you're not doing the job. And then when you try to hold them accountable, they take it as a form of what harassment, which is why, ESG and DEI and all this other garbage came to light because people started to be held accountable. Now, if you listen to what I'm saying, there's nothing in there that has anything to do with anything except keeping the customer on track, getting them what they want, making sure they're taken care of. When you as a person, whether you're a worker, whether you're a trader, whether you're a banker, whether you're a customer, when you as a person don't focus on the big picture, whatever your big picture is. And instead it's all about your feelings. 
everything goes wrong. I'm saying that as a statement of affirmative fact. When you're dealing with these, especially when money's involved, okay? When you're dealing with something where your your feelings and your emotions get in the way, everything goes wrong. This has never been more true than in cryptocurrency, which we shall now talk about next. Never fear, I'm calm now. Let's talk some numbers. Coindesk.com. We're going to zoom out to the month chart. And we're going to start with Ethereum. Ethereum looks a little bit more fun. Ethereum is back on its very strong upward trajectory, uh, currently hovering at 28 and a half, a low at 27.6, a high at 28.6. And again, strong upward trend expected to very close soon hit the 3000 mark. And then, of course, we have to retest and see where things go from there. Ethereum has had a really good run of it. And the reason I started with Ethereum is that if you then shift over and look at Bitcoin on the month, it also has an upward trend, not quite as strong as Ethereum. Still upward, but certainly it has tapered off ever slightly as there's certainly some profit taking happening. Currently just shy of 52,000 as I record this, a low of 51.3, a high of 52.8. So the high is what we really wanted. We expect it to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 53,000 by now. That has not happened. We've tapered off and it's leveled off as opposed to Ethereum that went on a run. What I saw happening across the board, almost to a T across cryptocurrency, was what I described robbing Peter to pay Paul, money shifting from project to project. We saw projects that are long since dead, have weird pumps of money sent into them and then dumped back out of them. We saw things like Miro go back on an amazing run out of nowhere, but yet the Solana main token was going a little bit in the red, which made no sense. We saw Tron go up a few cents and then taper off and level off and go back down. Meanwhile, Polygon Matic went on a slight run, not a great run. And then Phantom, the core token, Phantom, crapped. We see there's there's a disconnect, and I can only describe it as a disconnect between the different performances of all the different cryptocurrencies out there, which can only mean that people are shifting money from project to project, catfishing as I describe it, fishing for people to jump into a project and be used as exit liquidity. Or it could simply be that there's people that are trying things. They're trying to see which ones are still active. They're trying to see which ones still have some momentum or opportunity to grow somewhere. Now, ones like Cytochain, which used to be Saitama, is still in the crapper. Ones like Volt is still in the crapper. There are certain ones that used to be popular that are still in the crapper. So this is not a universal phenomenon, but it is seen in spots. We're seeing that there's just these weird pumps in places that don't make any sense because there's really no pattern to them. Meanwhile, other ones that you would expect to go on a major run have not yet done like Bone. Bone still has not gone on any kind of major run, even though Bitcoin is significantly up. It hasn't benefited from any of that run. Bone is paired to Ethereum. It doesn't make any sense that Bone being paired to Ethereum means there's absolutely no price appreciation for that token. We know this means a couple of things. Number one, the SHIB army is frustrated and upset with Shitoshi and they do not like what they see and they're not going to like what they see. I don't think anything's going to change in that regard. Number two, Shibarium doesn't still do anything. And as long as there's no compelling reason to do something, it's not going to go anywhere. Three, Bone is still not listed on the major exchanges. Nobody really knows why. There are theories. I'm not going to share them. Nobody really knows why. Without being on the major exchanges with full support for Shibarium, 
you can't fully say that bone is the gas token for shibarium because it's currently not necessary for things because shibarium doesn't do anything. I make that statement and I am disclosing I'm no longer a whale, alleged whale in bone. I still have quite a bit of it, but I have, I've relinquished that title of being a uh, whale and I kept enough to where if it goes on a run, I'll still make a really good something, but nowhere near what it is. That was a strategic decision. It was a choice I needed to make because I needed to understand first, it's not going to move in the short term. There's a number of reasons why it's not going to move. It means that if later it decides to move, I'll still make some good profit. If it doesn't move, I can buy back in later off the profits of other projects. So I did get into a couple of other ones that I definitely wanted to have things like Polygon, Avalanche, etc. in the wallet. Speaking of these cores, Cardano went on a pretty good run ever recently. Remember, it was hovering around the 40 cents mark-ish not that long ago, 48 cents. High right now is about 60 cents. Our, it's all-time high is somewhere in the neighborhood of three bucks. So it's not like we're talking near all-time highs, but it took a while for Cardano to get back on a brisk run. This is what tells me that Bone may be in a similar situation. It may simply take a while for it to get on the run. But in the meantime, we still have this robbing Peter to pay Paul, jumping into different projects that may be causing some of the depression that we see across the different tokens out there. I can't say for sure. That's what it feels like to me. Meanwhile, on the commodity side, we are starting to see money flowing into the various Bitcoin ETFs. We saw some origins. Some of them are from uh, commodities markets, such as gold, mostly gold, but there's certainly other commodities where money is flowing out of them going into Bitcoin ETFs. I would not consider that a bullish statement, that which I just said. Do you really understand what that means? It validates what I said to be the truth, which is people are not, we're not getting new money into cryptocurrency per se. We're getting a reuse, kind of a recycling of the money that was already out there that was just waiting, sitting on the sidelines for the pump we are now seeing. In other words, a lot of these people may have been just simply waiting for the run up before they were going to let go of whatever they had, but they're not willing to invest new separate money into cryptocurrency from what they did in the commodities. They're just shifting money from one to two. What we ideally would want to see, and I'll talk about market cap in a second, I would want to see more money come in without harming existing places where money happens to be. Why do I want to see that diversity? Because seeing that diversity, the strength of diversity may lend more confidence in getting into all of them at the same time, which might trigger more of a bull run than we saw before. As stands, the total market cap is $1.95 trillion. And I said bull run for me would indicate roughly about a $2 trillion market cap. We're close, but not there. It keeps fluctuating up and down. Doesn't seem to want to really hit that $2 trillion mark for one reason or another. Meanwhile, we're seeing these random pumps of various cryptocurrencies in places that makes no damn sense. I, again, I don't think it's bullish until we get to a point where new money's flowing in. We're just increasing the numbers. We're not shifting from project to project. Shifting from project to project is just a form of catfishing. It doesn't necessarily mean there's strength in it. And we want longevity. We want it to climb. We want it to run. We want it to pump. We don't want it to flip-flop the way that it's doing. That's my personal opinion anyway. Others may emphatically disagree, and I fully understand that, and I support you for disagreeing with me, absolutely. Separately, Trust Wallet. I'm going to be sharing this about Trust Wallet 
for two reasons. One, I have been a Trust Wallet user and I have echoed complaints about the crap that is Trust Wallet. Two, because there may be listeners out there that use Trust Wallet and like it. And I think it's important that you understand what's going on with this business as I want to make sure that you're kept safe, as I said. So let me first share what my experience was. Then I'll get into the actual news bits here. What my experience, what happened, and I fixed it, but what happened was I was using Trust Wallet for a while. All of a sudden, I could no longer transact anything on the Ethereum chain. I could transact Binance, I could transact AVAX, I could transact Solana, transact anything else, not Ethereum. Unfortunately, the vast majority of items I had at the time were Ethereum-based tokens. This meant I had to spin up my backup wallet, take this wallet address and put it into the other wallet for software so I could do the transaction. Well, it started having the issue too. Didn't make any damn sense, never did solve it. Didn't think too much of it, but the errors were just didn't make any sense. Okay. I, on a whim, decided to remove, completely remove the wallet from trust and from the other wallet and then reload. And it's been fine ever since. I haven't had any major issues. This affected Uniswap as well. So it wasn't just the inner swap. I don't use the inner swap wallet. I use Uniswap for Ethereum. So no matter what I tried to do, it was just not transacting. When I reloaded it, it was fine. I Passed some time, didn't think anything of it, no problem. Trust Wallet does not support Pulse Chain. I was trying to toy with Pulse Chain. I went to my other wallet that had the connection to this wallet and made a bridge and it said it went through. And if I were to connect the wallet, it claims it's there. But when I look in the Explorer, it doesn't show that I own that token, which is weird because the different dApps do show that I own the token. Well, obviously Pulse Chain was forked off of Ethereum, so that means that Pulse chain sees all of the transactions on the Ethereum chain. So this is very bizarre. I'm not making any sense to why this is happening. Fast forward, and I noticed this article that says, allegedly, that cyber authorities are investigating Trust Wallet, specifically on iOS, which is where I happen to be using Trust Wallet when the issue started happening, very most recently. So they're looking at this vulnerability in the Trust Wallet. And just to clarify, the Trust Wallet was initially created by Binance. It is no longer associated directly to Binance. It was created by Binance and then forked off to a different organization. However, its integrations like its swaps and other things still have some of the hooks into Binance and it's preferred, but it's not a Binance wallet. It's just trust wallet now. Now, there was a vulnerability that was listed and the vulnerability allegedly, the way this is supposedly allowed to work, is that is something that I talked about like way back. This is like 2021, going back in time. I've always said that your what's called a mnemonic starts with an M mnemonic phrase, the phrase that you would give if you were in, you know, moving to a different wallet. It's a 12 word phrase usually. That's called your mnemonic. The mnemonic is just a series of random words. What was happening or theoretically was happening, and this is the validation through this vulnerability is the idea that somebody could brute force guess the address. They could guess the mnemonic for what it is. And if they got your mnemonic, if they figured it out because of what it is, they would get access to your cryptocurrency. Well, the mnemonic is built to be very difficult to brute force and to guess, but there's still a predictable set of words behind this. So you're wondering, well, how would somebody even be able to try to be able to do this? It connects to the issue that happened before with the, the breach on the Trezor. I talked about it on a past episode where certain D apps were affected by this and it was a whole big shutdown. Apparently, 
Trust Wallet was affected by this, but never patched their software because they didn't think that it was going to be impacted. And so far, there has been a number of these breaches happening around Trust Wallet, over $4 million worth of losses. Trust Wallet's history is the code that's underneath it. Binance bought the organization that built that dude, and then they spun off their own wallet, and they abandoned Trust Wallet and forked it off when these issues were happening. So they, they bought this asset thinking it was all good, and then when these issues were happening, they spun off and built their own wallet and said, that's on, that's on them. We're not nothing to do to do, do, do. Trust Wallet, the organization, hasn't responded to what's going on with this business. And I know from what I was experiencing, I never got any response. All of which to say, if you are using Trust Wallet, I can't tell you what to do with your money. I will advocate. You may choose to a different wallet, potentially. At minimum, at minimum, let's say it's too much trouble to switch wallets. And I understand. At minimum, what I can advocate is you might even consider building up a new wallet. This is painful, but it's not as bad. Build up a new wallet and possibly switch to that wallet, like transfer your cryptocurrency to that other wallet address so you can start with a fresh slate. At minimum, I would do maybe that if you're concerned about it and you're using Trust Wallet. Others have asked, and we actually had uh, Geechee, shout out to him in our triad community. He actually asked a question, or they actually asked a question. Okay, well, can you talk about exchanges? And I've talked about exchanges. I've also talked about a couple of wallets that are out there. And there's a number of wallets that are actually pretty good. And some are kind of in. Eh. Trust Wallet's biggest advantage is the price. It does a decently good job of retreating prices. Arguably, that's about all I would say it does well <laughs> is the is the prices. It doesn't support very many of the alt networks. The, you know, the browser's decent, not great. So it, it's not the best I can think of. I would definitely tell you not to do MetaMask because they steal your identity. Uh, BitGet Wallet is actually one that is decently good. You do have to be a little bit mindful when you're building it in. But once you set it up, it's a decently good wallet for what it is. Um, I've been a fan of Alpha Wallet, but it seems like development has halted, but I like it as a wallet. I just wish they did a little bit more. Atomic, which was my first wallet ever, has had some issues. It seems like they fixed the vast majority of them. I don't know if that's really true. I haven't revisited it, but it seemed like it was good at the time. At least I'm not really sure. Uh, Exodus Wallet, I have no major complaint other than there's hoops they force you to do to set it up, but I like it as a wallet. Just, But Exodus does not have DApp capability. So each one has these pros and cons. Of the ones I've seen, BitGet, I think, was really good. Uh, Zerion, Z-E-R-I-O-N, is a decently good one. I Again, I like Alpha Wallet, just development's not really there. So do check around and see if there's other wallets that may tickle your fancy. Or stick with one of the ones like a Uniswap wallet or one of the ones that's coming from the dApps because they're built around the different networks. All I'm saying is I would recommend that you not uh, remain with Trust Wallet. Or, you know, consider swapping to your different wallet address and maybe consider doing that on a, you know, maybe an annual basis or something. Just to keep things clear so that you're not subject to uh, various breaches at points. Now, let's talk about this time travel business because I something came up. We got a, a form submit at CryptoTalkRadio.net, by the way, the contact form. We got a form submit and it was from a user. And I believe, again, that this is a long-term listener and they referenced back an older episode that we had uh, done. This was like one of the very first episodes that we ever did. And I was having a hard time remembering what the subject matter was that they were referring to. So I had to actually go back and listen to my own 
uh, episode just to figure out, okay, what is going on? <laughs> you know, cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't click the two. It, it didn't, you know, this was around, it's called huh token, H U H token. This is back in December. I believe I did the episode and this was a pre-sale and the, the submitter was a pre-sale investor and they were asking what happened to it. And it, as I did this, I'm thinking, okay, maybe people didn't understand you know, after this business, you know, I said I was going to follow up on it. I didn't follow up on it because I put so little in it and I just lost track and I'm not on telescam. So it just was out of sight, out of mind. That's on me. So I wanted to address it because there may be somebody listening that was in it and forgot like me. And I want to make sure I circle up the wagons. So here's what happens. Han Token launches. This is roughly around November, December, some odd again, it's a pre-sale and I didn't look deep, but I'm just circling up the facts that they initially, I guess, launched at one point, they had a block on the claim. So you couldn't claim your tokens at that point. They determined that they wanted to relaunch as a V2. So never having gotten tokens to anybody's hands, they decided to relaunch it again. And a bunch of people got pissed off, but they, they did the relaunch and they added a vesting schedule. The vesting schedule, for those that don't know how that works, what happens is if you do a pre-launch, you're saying from the moment this guy goes live, you're, we'll give you the tokens or we'll give it to you in stages, I should say. So maybe, and Luna did this. Say for the first three months, we'll give you 10% of your tokens and 10% every time after that until you have all your tokens. That's a vesting schedule and it varies. It could be 10%, 30%. 50%, 10%, or whatever the staircase is. That's a vesting schedule. So they implemented this vesting schedule for the second launch. Mind you, nobody had received tokens at this point. It gets close to the point that they're going to start the initial rollouts of the vesting, the releases of the tokens. The tokens price drops by 90%, which is essentially a rug pull. So then the tokens are now released. They're available for claim. This is basically the same thing that happened with Meta Cloud, which I also covered, and OpenStream World, which I covered. Uh, Forever Financial Freedom, I believe, did something, some variant of it. Um, Ascent Protocol did a variation of this. Sphere Finance, there's a number of them that did this, where, and it's the reason I've become sour on, you know, pink scam pre-sales or pre-sales in general, because you can't know if you're going to get what you paid for. And if they do the vesting, it almost always turns into some form of rug pull. If you look at Luna, Luna wasn't a rug pull by definition, but you certainly didn't get the value you expected. It crapped after they launched the token and has not recovered at this point. It's expected to, but it has not recovered at this point. So as to follow up with what I did before, I'm letting you know for a huh token from 2021, it did allegedly launched. That's what I was seeing. It did allegedly launch, but they didn't like it. They relaunched it without you ever receiving tokens. Then prior to its official release date, essentially rug pulled. So while you can claim tokens, cause I do see claims on blockchain, they're effectively worthless. There's no liquidity at all. Market cap is null. There's nothing there. So they're worthless tokens. If you choose to do it, if you were a pre-sale investor, I do apologize. You've lost all your money. It's there's no way to get it back. They've gone silent. A lot of their social media is gone. That's the update on that dude. And I will commit if I ever do, and I don't do it a lot. If I ever do anything where I cover the one of these pre-sales, I will make sure I follow up on it after the fact, as long as it's not telescam, which is why I'll avoid telescam uh, projects. The last bit of things I'll 
cover here today. And it's really unrelated to the this up, update, but more about the show. So if you haven't had seen the word, if you're following us on X slash Twitter, Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, effective today or yesterday, is not going to be posting on Twitter or X at all. No podcast episodes, no regular occasional updates, no responses, nothing. We're done with that business because something's wrong with that site where it wants to do an account lock for no reason. And we're not doing an Argozy challenge every single time, whatever technology that's built wrong decides to do that. It only affects crypto. It does not affect combat. It does not affect casual. It does not affect tunes. It only affects crypto. That tells me it's a strategic something by X and probably bad code. I suspect that what they're doing is they're doing a bunch of hidden attempts to authenticate instead of proper session management. So what normally should happen is if you're logged into something and after a period of time, it should log you out and then just wait for you to come back in and log back in and re-authenticate. I suspect what's happening is after I go idle, under the hood, it's making these attempts to try to authenticate, but my computer is in sleep mode. And because it's in sleep mode, the network may not be active. And when the network's not active, it's going to do a bunch of failed transactions because it cannot connect to, on purpose, <laughs> to it because I do not allow my various computers to do whatever the F they want to do without my approval or attention. And crypto would be the only one that would have that kind of activity because I have to you know, publish podcast updates. There's a different integration for that. And I go in and do different responses. So I suspect that's why it's happening, but I find it unacceptable to do the locks and I'm not doing the Argozy challenge. I want them to fix the code. They're not going to do it. I wasn't paying for premium. I, you know, I do for the main one, but the main one's locked. My lock. I can, I did that one, but I was not going to do it for crypto. So there will be no more X or Twitter updates for crypto talk radio. Crypto talk radio going forward right now is Facebook and our discord crypto talk radio.net slash Facebook crypto talk radio.net slash discord for the foreseeable future. The other update I'm debating, have not decided, and really don't know. I'm debating turning back on YouTube for publishing the podcast episodes because that's an option with our podcast provider. I've not committed because I need to figure out how to get it to where YouTube does not play ads unless they're paying me because I know they do that crap and I'm not doing it. So if they do that and they offer that as an option, we'll look into it. Otherwise, that will not be a thing going forward. If I do get back on any sort of online, it'll be on Convivo, which is our other platform that I'm building out, as well as possibly uh, Rumble. And I'll look at that one as well. So in the meantime and in between time for now, cryptocurrency is still playing the game. It's certainly a run up, but not sustained. Until it's sustained, continue to be careful. It's up to you what you do with your money, but continue to be careful because there's no telling what's going to happen here in the near future. Do I expect a crash? No, but I'm saying there's a lot of risk floating around and it's a big probability people are going to lose some money, especially if they're just greedy and they're chasing green candles. I don't want you listening to me to chase green candles. I want you to be smart about it because if you're smart about it, think about it. If you're smart about it and you win and you were smartly win and you learn that patience and you make a whole crap ton of money, now you're the one that can go deep, deep, I won that and rub it in other people's faces and take care of your family at the same time. 